right, welcome back to Super Syntex Podcast, talking some Central Texas high school football uh, with my friends DJ Ramirez and Chad Conine. How are y'all doing? Pretty good. Excellent. I got my roses today. Yeah, and DJ had a big uh, cooler of something there. <laughs> I guess I'll take a drink too. Is that what it's, we're doing? It's just it's water. <laughs> Gotta stay hydrated, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. mine's Dr. Pepper Zero. So, uh, so guys, we had just an epic showdown of uh, games last week in Week Nine, and it really lived up to the hype. You know, we built it up pretty well last week, and I felt like you know it delivered. Um, gave us plenty of heroes for the week. Uh, you know, I know that word is kind of thrown around a lot, but. Uh, you know, football heroes, let's say. Um, and those included China spring kicker Thomas Barr, who, of course, made a game-winning field goal 40-plus yards into the wind. Um, Wes Easton Paxton, who, Chad, you got to see him, and DJ's uh, writing about him this week. He kept the uh, big play Trojans going with a couple of really big plays. Um, in that game against Grandview, he had a an 86-yard touchdown catch. He had a 100-yard pick six. <clears throat> and then, of course, we have to mention Conley's Kiefer Sibley, who went for, oh, by the way, 426 rushing yards, seven touchdowns, crazy stuff, fantasy football stuff. That was in that win over Salado. So, and he was already Central Texas leading rusher, right? Yeah, so he, he added to that. Much- <laughs> he he widened the gap. Uh, so, out of all of those, or maybe someone else, who impressed you the most? Go for it, DJ. Uh gosh, I don't even know how many field goals China Spring has attempted this season. I feel like. The, uh, this is a pretty big one. And I mean, uh, Thomas Barr has just been pretty consistent all year. I feel like I, I don't think they've missed very many extra points and their, their punts, their kickoffs are always really clean. Um, and, and I don't, we don't ever really talk so much about special teams when they're doing well. Like mm-hmm. if we talk about special teams, it's always because something went wrong. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, Thomas was our super syntax kicker last year. I mean, he's obviously a, a really good kid, but like you said, I feel like kickers, punters, special teams, even kick returners, we it is something we don't really talk about that much. You know, uh, Thomas Barr has been a really good high school kicker, as good of a high school kicker as a weapon on a team as I remember anybody having. Mm. which, you know, uh, is saying a lot. And you watch them during the state championship run last year, and he was reliable. He made, I think, pretty much every kick he looked at. Another special teams thing, just to pull out another guy that was a hero last week, uh, Gabe Watkins returning that block kick for a touchdown, which he also he returned a block kick for a touchdown in the state championship game last year, you know. To do that twice in a career is one thing. To do it twice in massive, massive games, you know, one yeah. a state championship and the other a one versus two, that's that's pretty uh, that's pretty amazing. Um, you know, Bryce, last last week on the podcast, I think you mentioned Wyatt Wolf, right, and the big plays that he made last year, and, and Easton Paxton just totally stepped into that Wyatt Wolf role. I mean, when West went over to Grandview last year, 
Uh, Wolf made a bunch of plays that that lifted them to a win over Grandview and Easton Paxton was that guy this year. You know, the rest of the team played really well and he put them over the top. So that was uh, that was fun. So I will mention another thing about Thomas Barr. I ran into uh, Brian Coates yesterday um, at a midway volleyball game and um, we were talking, of course, Brian covered the uh, China Springs Stephenville game for us. And he mentioned, you know, I, I, I said that kick was into the wind, wasn't it? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, it would have been good from 50 plus. I mean, for a high school kicker in that kind of situation, uh, because China Spring really had that game um, wrapped up and then Stephenville scored a touchdown, like, China Spring, I think, threw an interception and and Steamville scored a touchdown. And, uh, you know, so then now it's tied and, you know, you need the field goal to win. Uh, that's that's big time stuff. I mean, and then back to your point, Chad, about um, Easton Paxton. The funny thing is, I, I think last week when we were talking about this, I mentioned Coy Klish as a potential Wyatt Wolf big t- play guy. And obviously, he's had those moments too. It sounds like West may have multiple big play players. Well, I think Coy Clears might kind of be their next guy up, and he maybe has gotten a lot of opportunities this year because they deployed second team guys a lot. I mean, he he wasn't second team, but he was not getting the uh, first first string carries, if you know what I mean. So, mm-hmm. uh. Which be, is hard to tell with West the way they've won games this year. And we'd be remiss to not at least break down Sibley a little bit more. Uh, so Art Strickland was covering that game for us, and he was texting me early in the game, you know, what the kids' numbers were. I mean, he had over 200 yards uh, by halftime. <laughs> um, so obviously he was having a huge game. Um, and – we were curious what the record was for Central Texas. Uh, I I need to go back and update some records. Um, the ones I had on my file are a little outdated, but um, apparently, Chad, you may remember this. When Emmanuel Abdallah was at China Spring, he had a game where he had over 500 yards. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that actually stands, and that's just bananas to think. I mean, if you did that in two games, you'd have over a thousand yards. I mean, uh, that's just that's crazy. But yeah, Kiefer Sibley, uh, he's getting it done. And you know, Jack Allen, uh, he, he put up a tweet the other night, and it just was right in his wheelhouse. It worked out perfectly for him because. Uh, in his preseason stuff, he was talking to Jelani McDonald over at Conway. I think it was Jelani. And Jelani was going down their roster and saying how many guys they had. You know, so-and-so is a dog. So-and-so is a dog. Yes. Kiefer simply underrated dog, you know. And, I remember uh, that little uh-huh. interview. That was, that was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jack threw that up, um, the, you know, the other night. And it was just like the perfect thing, you know, because – Kiefer Sibley wasn't necessarily on our radar big time coming into the year, but man, he is now. Which kind of is a good segue to my next question. So Sibley, the Conley Cadets, I think they're involved in our game of the week this week. Um, Conley 2-0 in District 11-4A Division 2 will face 2-0 Madisonville um, in a battle to determine that district title. 
So you look at the stats, you look at the outcomes. If you go down the schedule, uh, I know they both played Gatesville already, and uh, those scores were a little different. I think one was a little more high scoring than the other, but uh, both of them won, obviously. Um, they're pretty similar on teams on paper. Um, so what does our local Conley team have to do to pull out the win in this one? What do you think? I think they can keep doing what they're doing and just, you know, maybe disrupt what Madison as well. I was looking at their stats as well. I think Madisonville leans a little bit more towards the passing game Mm -hmm. and the run game. Um, So if they can disrupt that, maybe force them on the ground and get some defense in to make big stops, I think that they'll – they'll definitely be very successful as far as Sibley goes. I talked to coach Garrett this morning, just talking about how he, he practices um, like it's a game, right? Like he practices so well. And like when, even when he's warming up, he coach Garrett was telling me how uh, he was warming up before the game against Toledo. And just uh, he could tell that he was going to have a good game just from watching uh Kiefer warm up and you know he's a junior so he's got another year with them but uh he says he's got him in the mentality of a senior going in into every game so I from from the beginning doing uh all of like the high school previews over the summer coach Garrick was really high on Kiefer and how he was going to play a big role in the team and when actually when Jelani went down earlier in the season they kind of threw him in at wildcat and you know really help them out uh in those games where they didn't have their quarterback and and he really stepped in and and did big things and so i i think conley's yeah they're pretty similar but conley's got i feel like i don't know just this edge Mm. um and obviously i haven't seen madisonville play but just from watching Conley this season and, and keeping up with them, they've been, they've been doing things um, kind of taking steps to where they, they can really be um, district champs this week. Yeah. Chad. You know, I think uh, Conley's win over Salado last week um, probably gives them a lot of confidence going forward. I don't Salado's not as good this season as they have been the last two or three years, but right. um but but they've beaten Conley. And if my memory serves, I'm not looking at it right now, but I think they've beaten Conley bad. And so no, they, them, they they have and um I'm trying to remember who brought that number up to me. If I don't think it was Coach Garrick, but uh but somebody brought it up to me. Um yeah it was it was convincingly. So mm-hmm. and so, you know, for Conley to turn the tables on Salado there and um, Madisonville. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they're coming up from three AD one, right? Oh gosh, I I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. <laughs> I've got it right at my fingertips here, but um, I would say you know Conley playing big games at this level might give them um, a, a little bit of an advantage, uh, but it is it is real hard to call because their schedules, you know, their schedule results look almost identical. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And they've both got good wins and uh, should be a fun atmosphere there in Massaville. Um, I was incorrect. They were four AD two last year as well. Okay. Uh, so, um, you know, DJ mentioned that coach Garrick, you know, has been kind of building up 
uh, Kiefer, you know, even since the off season, um, you know, what's interesting about that is, you know, last year he was more just kind of a piece in the, in the cog, you know I mean? Uh, he, he was a good player, <clears throat> but they also had Trey Wisner and uh, Trey Wisner, you know, I don't know if it was unexpected or not, but he ends up transferring to DeSoto. Uh, I think he's doing well there. He's certainly heavily recruited, but uh, it's, it's interesting. I think uh, Kiefer, uh, as a junior, is popping up more and more on uh, on recruiting boards. I know he's got an offer from Colorado, um, and I think as he, you know, the more uh, 400-yard games he gets, the more offers are going to roll in. <laughs> that kid's going to have a chance to play, you know, uh, big-time football on Saturdays. You know, you get an initial impression of guys just from, you know, watching him play a few times. And so, you know, I've seen him play a few times this season and, and over the last couple of seasons. Saw Wisner. He's got, to me, uh, simply kind of has more of those Barry Sanders legs, you know, big trunk, you know, and, and, and that can make a big difference and make him more of a prospect. I mean, not more of a prospect. Obviously, Trey Wisner is a really big prospect, but. When you think of guys who are going to go on to the next level, the next level after that, you got to have a certain build, and I think like I feel like he's got got that. Yeah, that's a good point. I I remember uh, seeing Trey Wisner, Wisner, whatever, however you pronounce it, in uh, in basketball season, and he was always kind of a little guy. And mm-hmm. I think Kiefer, you're right, probably has a little more uh, a little more bulk to him. Um, so. Let's move up to 6A, the biggest school in McLennan County uh, still has a chance to make the playoffs, believe it or not. If they won, they would be three and seven, but uh, sometimes in Texas high school football, three and seven will get you in if those three come at a very key time, which is in district play. Um, So Midway is who I'm talking about, of course. Uh, They suffered a disappointing loss to Brian last week. We all three picked Midway, I think. Shane Anderson thought they were going to beat Brian and they did not. Uh, but despite that defeat to Brian and the Vikings, uh, the Panthers can still clinch a playoff spot if they win on the road over Pflugerville Weiss on Friday. It's their final regular season game. Midway has the weird week 11 by week. Um, so I don't think anyone is going to predict Midway to uh, have a deep playoff run. But what what do you think a playoff berth would mean for Shane Anderson and, you know, as he kind of tries to rebuild that program? Chad, let's start with you. You're a proud Midway alum. Uh, the one first thing I was thinking is it was a lot more fun to talk about Midway about three years ago, you know, when they were <laughs> – still rocking and rolling and right. winning district every year. Uh, this type of question, you know, it, it's it's starting to look like a long road to get back to where they were. Um, but, you know, you got to take steps forward. And um, as unimpressive as three and seven is or would be, uh, getting in the playoffs is, is a step forward towards getting back. I mean, everybody would love to be where university is right now in a rebuilding process. But, um you know, sometimes it takes longer and, and not making the playoffs for a uh, third straight year. That would be, that would be kind of tough. So, yeah. 
DJ, what do you say? Well, yeah, I mean, I I think if they do make the playoffs, it will really reiterate just a lot of belief mm. and and really keep keep people bought in. Um, I don't know how good Pflugerville Weiss is this year and how tough that game is going to be for them, but I mean, they they've had some challenges this season in games that they could have been really good mm. and and were doing really well and just fell off. Um, obviously, losing um, Junior Thornton. Junior Thornton was was a tough tough part of their season. Uh, so I. I don't know, Bryce. You're the yeah. one that's been there every week. So yeah, well, and I'll obviously uh, chime in uh, since, like you said, I have been there. Um, as you mentioned, Junior Thornton, that injury was was a was a tough one for Midway because he, you know, I've, we've talked about it a lot on here, um, but uh, he was by far and away their best player. I mean, it wasn't even really close, and he really transformed that offense when he moved from receiver to quarterback. If you go back and look at his numbers, um, you know, we're, we're probably not going to put Junior Thornton on the Super Syntex team just because he didn't play enough games and, and stuff. But, man, if he had, I mean, it would have been a no no-brainer because – you know, his receiving numbers are incredible. His rushing numbers are incredible. He was a decent passer for, for what he was. They didn't pass a lot with him at quarterback. But but anyway, now uh, I have a little bit of inside info here about the Midway program as a whole. Okay. I know there's se- one of the seventh grade A teams. They've got two middle schools now. Right. Uh, <clears throat> and – the seventh grade A team from the new middle school, I think, has Coach Anderson's son and Coach Aranda's son. Uh, a couple of my friends' kids are on, on the team. It's, it's how I know about them. And they're really having a fun season. Now, are those seventh graders all going to – I mean, are all those coaches going to be in those places? All those seventh graders still going to be together with the other midway middle school kids when they get to varsity? To, in, to make a difference, you know, only time will tell. But that, you know, I'm not saying it's that long of a road, but they're – I, I guess what I'm saying is there's there's things to be excited about within the Midway program. Well, and honestly, they've had some some good JV results this year. Uh, a, a lot of weeks where maybe the Midway varsity has lost, the JV teams have still won, the sub-varsity teams. So, um, yeah, I do think – so these things are cyclical talent, you know, at any school. You know, you have groups that roll through that are just a little bit better than the others. I think Midway had an embarrassment of riches at quarterback for several years there um, with the guys like Ben Hicks and and Tanner Mordecai. And if you go back even further, maybe Kramer Robertson and, you know, uh, and they, they haven't really had that the past couple of years. That's a very key position. Uh, that's not to take anything away from, from Reed Tedford. Um, but, yeah, they just um, those other guys were were college football players or college athletes. Kramer was a was a college baseball player. But um, back to this game. So DJ was wondering how good Pflugerville Weiss is. I think they're pretty good. Uh, they're they're but they're four and four. I think they are beatable. Uh, from what I understand, they may be on their third quarterback. So they've also dealt with some injuries. 
Um, and here's another thing that's bananas, if you guys can even fathom this. Um, and I've got to get into it a little bit more. I think it's if um, basically if Hutto were the other playoff team in there with Temple and Harker Heights and Midway, uh, that Midway, if they won this game over Fluver Weiss, could actually not just play a playoff game, but could host a playoff game. <laughs> uh, because um, the last few years in Class 6A, that's the way they've done the by district, is if you're the higher seed, you get to host, uh, unlike the lower classifications where it's pretty much always neutral side unless they flip for it. Um, and so I think in that scenario with Hutto and Midway and Harker Heights and Temple, uh, Midway would have the tiebreaker over Hutto because they beat Hutto. And uh, Temple and Harker Heights, I think, would be the small schools, the D2 schools, Midway and Hutto maybe the D1. And Midway would host a playoff game at Panther Stadium at three and seven. <laughs> Craziness of Texas high school football right there. <laughs> so uh, I, as far as back to my question for a second, this would be huge for Shane Anderson and this program. Um, as you're trying to build, um, you know, sometimes it's baby steps and just getting into the playoffs is a baby step for Midway. And he really, 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 wants it for these seniors. Um, and, you know, I'm just going to put it out there. I want it for them too. <laughs> so, Your son's a senior. Yeah. I do have a senior living in my house. Um, so anyway, uh, we've got nine schools ranked in the state poll, including some teams we've talked a lot about this year, talked a lot even about them today, China Spring, uh, but others like Lorena, Crawford, Mart, I think we all expect them to, you know, make some runs in the playoffs. We'll be seeing them play a while. But a full third of our nine ranked teams uh, come from the six-man ranks. So that includes number one, Abbott, number four, Jonesboro. Those are in 1A Division One, And then you have number four, Oglesby in 1A Division Two. So personally, I love six-man football. I've written a lot about it over the years. DJ, when the time comes to do the Super Syntex stories, I'll give you the 11-man. I'll take the six-man. I just love six-man football. Um, and we probably have not talked about it enough here on the podcast. I mean, uh, we, we tend to focus on 11-man, and I get that. Uh, but so I wanted to play a little game. You guys already have some of the details here, but uh, – we're, I'm calling this high school debate, um, like a high school debate tournament. Um, and I've assigned each of you a team. And uh, so, DJ, you get Abbott. Chad, you take Oglesby, and I'll tackle Jonesboro. And your assignment is to argue why your team has the best shot to uh, win state out of these three. So, DJ, let's start with the Abbott Panthers. Uh, like I was telling you earlier, you gave me the easy one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're number one. Right. For And it's for good reason. They, they've they got five shutouts this year, mm. and they got some really good players. Um, obviously, Riley Sestala kind of carries mm-hmm. a lot of weight throughout all of these games. I think he's been voted, fan voted, um, our weekly player, six-man mm-hmm. player, like – 
maybe five times this yeah, season. Yeah. Abbott's rocked the vote for sure. Yeah. And, and it's always kind of like, he does a little bit of everything. He, mm-hmm. he runs the ball really well. He's done a little bit of a uh, quarterback. I think he has um, five interceptions on defense. Yeah. He's, he's got five interceptions. Uh, he's got a lot. He, he usually leads them in tackles as well mm-hmm. and sacks. And I mean, um, Abbott's Abbott for a reason mm-hmm. they're, they're really up there. I mean, we were talking about that uh, Aquila game a few weeks ago. Yeah, as a rivalry um, game. Mm-hmm. And Aquila was coming off of a of a game where they scored like ninety something points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were like they beat Bynum ninety eight to sixty six, and then lost to Abbott forty eight zero the next week. Yeah. So that's a that's a hundred point swing in a week. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't really know if I can say anything else. Abbott's number one ranked team right now, and I think they're they they're poised to kind of stay that way and take home a state title. Yeah, Terry Crawford's done an amazing job with Abbott over the years. He has one state championship, and we'll see if he can get that second uh, this year. So, Chad, how about? The Oglesby Tigers. Okay, well, I'm going to go real fast, Brass, because I think you're running short on time. Am I? Or haven't seen the time clock. <laughs> go ahead, Chad. No, we're good. Dan Letterman back. Four and four starters. Uh, they're eight and zero, oh, and and they've only played two close games. They haven't played the best schedule in the world, so that might not help them come playoff time. Here's the thing: they're no longer in a, in a region with Richland Springs. Richland Springs is Region Four now. Oglesby's region three, they lost to Richland Springs in the uh, second round last year, 53-0. So if they can build momentum, that's kind of the one they got to have circled in, in the state semifinals to get to the state championship. Uh, their version of Riley Sestila is Kyler Fawcett, who leads the area with 13-10 rushing yards, 26 touchdowns. So there's the case for the Oglesby Tigers. Good stuff. Good stuff. We got like 10 minutes. Don't worry. Uh, so... Jeb Dixon there at Oglesby, just to build on your point also, uh, has done a really nice job of sort of, when he came in there like three or four years ago, kind of immediately turned him around, and uh, he's he's an Oglesby guy, and he had had success elsewhere, but he, he wanted to get back to this area. I say he's an Oglesby guy. I want to say he grew up in like Gatesville, but that's just down the road from Oglesby. But he had he had family in Oglesby. Uh, and I feel like they've just continued to build and progress. And so, yeah, they're they're getting it done. As far as the uh, Jonesboro Eagles, so um, arguably, I would say, I mean, you can definitely argue this. One of the best six-man traditions in Central Texas. So, whereas Abbott, I feel like, is more uh, in the Terry Crawford era, Jonesboro's success dates back as long as I can remember. And, like, if you look at the records, you know, I mean, they were good in the 80s. Uh, they're probably good in the 70s. I don't know. Uh, and it just seems like every year Jonesboro comes out and – they're at least 12 and one, you know, just at least like, that's like the bare minimum, you know, and they went to back-to-back state championship games. If uh, What? It's probably been five years ago now, but Eddie Gallegos is the coach at Jonesboro. He has stuck around there and he does an excellent job. Um, and 
whereas they don't have, I don't think, the guy like Kyler Fawcett at Oglesby or Riley Sestala at Abbott, where it's like the one guy that really is carrying the load. I think what they have is a lot of guys that are doing a little bit, you know, and doing their part. And um, they do have, not to say they don't have good players. Caleb Crystal is a guy that uh, does a lot for them. But, um, I mean, they'll have somebody or two guys, one or two guys on the Super Syntex six-man team. There's no question. But but they don't have the big load carrier like Riley or like Kyler. But uh, I think they're going to be fun to watch, and it certainly could come down to um, – an Abbott Jonesboro playoff game at some point. And that would be a lot of fun for us locally for sure. So we'll see how that goes. So there's a little six man talk. If anybody's tuning into the podcast from our outer nether regions, you know, I, I hear we're really popular, like uh, in, in places like Lomita and uh, rising star <laughs> Calvert. Three way, <laughs> we get yeah, smoking for Jesus. We get tens of views from Mount Calm every week. Oh, hey, uh, one more note on the midway quarterbacks that you mentioned a minute ago. Uh, Ryan Smith, former midway quarterback, now is the general manager of Georgia Southern football, okay. which I think is kind of their player personnel position. So he's moving up the ranks in the college football coaching business. Ryan Smith. Being Steve Smith's son. That's yep, yep. That's the one. Yeah. So DJ, there's a little baseball baseball for connection for you. Yeah, Steve Smith, former Baylor baseball coach. Uh Ryan pitched at Baylor. Um, so interesting that he went football instead of baseball. I, I did not know that. So there's a little did you know for the end of the podcast. Uh, DJ will be out at Madisonville Conley. That should be a good one. We talked about it. And Chad is going to Rosebud Lot Marlin, which is an interesting game as well. Um, and we could probably talk about that more next week. But um, I'm going to Midway and Pflugerville Weiss. We'll see if it's the last game of the year for Midway or not. But uh, enjoy the games. We'll see y'all later.